That's for you to edit out. I just had sushi, so I'm gonna be burping and pooping. Okay. I'll, I'll edit out the burps, but I'm definitely gonna keep in the poops. I'm sorry, Grandpa. Hello, and welcome to I'm Sorry Grandpa, the movie review podcast where all of our views are coming from our own houses. I'm your host, Morgan, and joining me today is a plastic-covered girl in a rocking chair. It's me, baby, Manny Vasquez. I'm making the and noises the for you. pervasive ringing from an unwanted phone call. Ring, ring. ring, 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 ring Keanu. Ring, ring, this is great Foley ring, work, ring, you guys. Ring, ring. Yeah, I wish I were a Foley person, like that one dude in Spaceballs. You can, you can, you can, that's a job you can do. They don't get paid a lot, though, do they? No. Well, no, if it's no. all about the money, then. Yeah, well, I do need money. That's, I, fair, I just that's the, true. That's why I do it on this podcast. I live my dreams to here. There you go. Uh, yeah. It's a uh, it's triple X miss this good old month of December, where we're watching winter holiday films with a naughty twist. It's our last week, and it was uh, it was my turn. Uh, so this week we watched the 1974 slasher film Black Christmas, directed by Bob Clark and written by A. Roy Moore. This movie follows a sorority house during the holiday season, plagued by creepy phone calls that soon spiral into murder. So what did you guys uh, think of the film? First impressions, first thoughts. I'm dreaming of a black Christmas. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like the film, but I was very confused by a lot of it. Uh, I don't know why exactly. I, I, I kind of found it hard to follow. I, I'm not sure why that was. Maybe because I watched it when I woke up today. Um, but I, I liked it. I'm surprised I liked it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it because I'm not much of a a slasher kind of guy. I usually like a bit more like weird gimmicks added on to like horror movies if I'm going to watch it like for my own personal enjoyment. Um, Manny, what'd you think? Did you like it or? Um, yeah, I liked it. I have a few comments real quick. So for one, I think um, in terms of slasher films, I think one thing that really sets it apart is that there is a nice little psychological aspect in that early on we know that the killer is inside the house and that he's there the entire time and that the phone calls are him yeah. and stuff like that. And there's just sort of like a nice slow creep to it where a lot of slasher films are just full paced, full blast right away. Um, I also really enjoy that it's not actually even that gory, so that's nice. Um, I also like the film, but also... I like it a little less because it was very overhyped to me um, by a friend. Oh, really? It was like, Black Christmas, oh my god, it's so good, the original's so great. Like, everything else is, like, garbage, like, the new ones are, like, terrible, and, like, Black Christmas, oh my god, it's a fucking masterpiece. And I'm like, it's great, it's a fine film, but, like, it's not a masterpiece by any means. Yeah, I would kind of agree with that, in the sense of this movie, I mean, when it first came out, it wasn't, it wasn't hyped, it was kind of more of a sleeper, a sleeper hit. But since then, it's become considered one of the greatest horror films of all time. And I think wow. going in 
with that mindset of like, oh man, this is the pioneer of the slasher genre, one of the greatest horror films ever made, that definitely, that definitely like knocks it down just because you're going in expecting a masterpiece and what you're getting is a 1974 slasher film. You shouldn't go in with some amazing hype. I think it's a good film and it's a good slasher film, especially kind of one of the earlier ones really cementing the genre or at least helping to since uh, since John Carpenter's Halloween, which is kind of the iconic, people consider it the pioneer of the slasher film. This is the movie that inspired it. Um, so, so going in like maybe with tempered expectations is best because it's a good film, but it's it's probably not going to blow anyone's mind. I am very curious though, Keanu, what what confused you about this movie? <laughs> I I just I couldn't remember people's faces and names. I was okay. I think I think the reason why this might have been a personal thing. I didn't watch it with so it's subtitles, and that's how I usually watch films and other stuff because I. I don't always want to like remember hearing them. If I can just read the words, it's cool with me. If I forget their names and I don't know what their names are, I kind of just glaze over it if I'm watching it. I was also watching it on my phone. So maybe I didn't get the best um like the best example of it. I'm I'm actually tempted to rewatch it again later on, just so I can get a better understanding of the film. Because I kind of I did like what I was watching. I just didn't pick up everything that was happening. Um so maybe I'm not stupid. Maybe I just watched it in a weird way. Yeah, that could be part of it. I have to watch things with subtitles too because I struggle to understand what people are saying sometimes. Oh yeah, this is one of those movies too. It's an old school movie since it is from the 70s. This is the oldest movie we've watched so far, right? No. No? No. What's the no, we watched Vertigo. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it has that... It has that um, that sense of style to it from like the seventies, and it has their their lingo. It's kind of plastered all over the place. Um, I especially like. I will say I liked how everyone dressed in this movie. It very much gave like a time capsule of that time period, and I guess ever how everyone acted too. It was neat. I haven't seen like a good seventies film like ever. I think so. I, I appreciate that aspect of it. It was made. This was a Canadian film made in Canada. But uh, when it was released in the U.S., it was uh, changed to Silent Night, Evil Night because the U.S. market was afraid that um, people would think this was like a a, a black uh, a black a black exploitation oh film. That's so they stupid. didn't they didn't want to call it Black Christmas. Um, they eventually changed it back, but for a brief period in the U.S., this movie was called Silent Night, Evil Night. That's that's so silly. I hate localization sometimes. They can do the weirdest things for yeah. us. I mean, that's actually not even the worst localization title that I've ever heard, though. No, yeah, not but it's just terrible. silly. It is silly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think Black Christmas is better. Silent Night, Evil Night is a handful, and I don't no, know. Yeah, no. You want something snappy for movies, right? Malignant, Insidious, yeah. Halloween. Not uh, Michael Meyer in Halloween, or whatever. I'd watch that. um but uh going off of the the title black christmas the the when they find because i think originally this movie was like going to be called stop me and they kind of decided to go with the black christmas angle because the director liked the kind of juxtaposition juxtaposition of 
a kind of a happy family kind of bright holiday mixed with the horrors that went on in this one sorority house over the course of, you know, that holiday season over the course of, what was it, like a couple days or so? Yeah, about um, three days. Yeah. What do you guys think of of that kind of idea of, or the way that this movie kind of uh, portrayed kind of the holiday angle and then kind of cut against it, use, using it to kind of really showcase the horrors that were happening in the background and occasional foreground? I, I feel like it didn't really do too much, but there was that one scene where, who was it? It wasn't uh, Barb who was getting stabbed to death. They were having uh, the caroling. The caroling, yeah. I, mm-hmm. th- th- I thought that was, I was like, oh, this is going to happen because they, they set it up. And I was like, oh, the payoff. This is cool. But um, I feel like they, they kind of underused the Christmas element a lot, personally. I was literally talking to Kate uh, just now on our, <laughs> our time walking the dog about how much I like contrast. And I was thinking about um, Christmas carols and violent uh, scenes <laughs> that go with them. Um, not necessarily like a horror film, but more like, you know, like a Scorsese type gangster film. Yeah. Like, you know, like how there's always that scene where like a gangster is beating another gangster like near death or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that would be really great with uh, Silent Night or uh, Deck the Halls. Deck the Halls would be a great one. Because you're decking the halls. Yeah, for like yeah. a, for like a yeah. mafia kind of, because it's more uh, a yeah. beat or kind exactly. of. Exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would actually agree with Keanu that I think it was a little underutilized. Where, like, yeah, Christmas is in the background, but, I don't know, could have been just a little bit more, you know, could have interspliced scenes of, like, you don't need, like, carolers or, like, bright lights, but, like, you know, just, like, a dimly lit Christmas tree or something, and then, like, some more stabbing. I don't know. It was a very subdued (laughs) film. Yeah, I would agree. It's definitely, it was definitely very subtle. There was a lot of, I mean, besides the caroling one which was kind of like the Early the big on. showcase it was a lot of just smaller things of just the decorations in the background or just mm-hmm. showcasing like the the bright decorated halls of the sorority house and then like the dirty dark dank basement or up in the attic the girl covered in the plastic in the rocking chair the fun holiday sorority party a guy creeping into the house so like there was a little a lot of little stuff like that um it's like easy to not yeah it's easy to not really to not really notice it um they definitely didn't like play it up majorly which is kind of interesting considering they decided to really play it up with the title and with like the um the actual like uh art for the for the movie which is like a, a holiday wreath with the um with the girl in the rocking chair with the the plastic over her kind of centered in the wreath which is probably just good marketing for that, honestly. But I mean, I think we've been spoiled. Like, think of like the Nightmare Before Christmas. That I think that movie really cements like putting two holidays together to like really intermingle them. This movie came out like forty years ago, almost fifty years ago. Jesus. Um, I mean, so it's just gonna be yeah, a bit old. It, it was probably more focused on the aspect they wanted to cover most, which is the proto like slasher film i think it was going for right it need to be like oh we got to use the christmas lights hopefully the the guy in first person view is going to be like haha here are my <laughs> sleigh bells i'm going to stab you with this rudolph's uh fucking horns or whatever just light elements which i think it works well enough for the film um, yeah 
I remember I do like the parts where like we're like seeing it from his perspective. I don't know how many other films have done that, but I thought that was very neat. It kind of it it, get, it reminded me of shit like of like Left for Dead. I thought that was just kind of sick. Yeah, uh, like I think Friday the Thirteenth does that as well, and and mm. some other slasher films. Um, but again, this one was not the first slasher film. I mean, there was like Psycho huh. and, and Peeping Tom and oh, like right, a few right. others before it. But this is kind of like the 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 first. Well, one again, it, it inspired Halloween, which is probably what people think of when they think slasher film. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I'd say this one kind of started a lot of the a lot of the tropes that are now staples of the slasher film genre. Kind True. of, you know, a not exactly a regular person, but it's like one specific person murdering people. There's a, there's got to be at least one actual death from from stabbing. There's always a or almost always a final girl that kind of survives there. She's like the main heroine protagonist that survives from beginning to end whether whether at the end her situation is precarious or not changes but she always survives to the end of the movie um just just like here even though it's kind of implied she's most likely not going to survive the night since she's alone in the house they think they caught the killer and he's still in the house billy Um, yeah affectionately called billy um yeah so in in that way it kind of it kind of really set this kind of spark into motion where now we have like Friday the 13th, Halloween, Night- Nightmare Before Christmas, even kind of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, all these kind of iconic slasher slasher villains and they all kind of follow a very similar um, kind of tropes, uh, very similar tropes and uh, kind of overarching plot and story. Do you guys like slasher films, by the way? I've only seen a couple, personally. Um, I do. It's my personal favorite genre of right. horror. What, what's your favorite? Honestly, I really... Um, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of the classics in a while, but I watched them a lot when I was younger, and my favorite was Nightmare Before Elm Street. Um, uh, I really okay. liked... Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare. Yep, I yeah, was nightmare. about to say night. Okay. I was about to say Nightmare Before Christmas, Again. and then at the last second, I was like, "It's not Christmas; it's Elm Street." But I <laughs> started the other way, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, I really like Freddy Krueger. He's he's cool. Yeah. I mean, actually, no, he's not. He's horrible. He was like a pedophile and yeah, was burned alive. Good. That's a. Good- but I really like the the dream aspect. This idea of. He exists as long as somebody is thinking about him. And uh, I don't know, this idea of like, if you fall asleep, then you're kind of trapped in this dream world where he's kind of got all this, all this power. Because it's like he could show up in your dreams too. Like he actually could. You could dream about him and then you're having the exact same experience that they do in the movies. It makes it feel more like it could happen to me. Which is what I really dreams. liked about it. Yeah, yeah. Your I've never dreamt weird. about him, but I was always worried that I would. I was like, if I dream about him, that's that's, that's basically game the over. same thing as as experience. Like, even if I wake up in the morning, I still had the exact same experience they have in the movie, and that's terrifying. Ah. That idea is terrifying. That's why that's why that one was always my favorite as a kid because I it just felt it just felt like it could happen because it could. It yeah. I actually did have a Freddy Krueger nightmare, and it was very memorable. 
Same yeah, here, actually. See? Yeah. <laughs> so we had your nightmare. Yeah, I never got one. Damn. No, it's Maybe not I fun. Maybe I will tonight for old times' sake. Yeah, say not too late. You're never too old to think about Freddy Krueger and his creepy Wolverine hands. I think Jason's a much more compelling uh, slasher dude, though, in comparison. It's funny that you don't actually... Do you Did you, like, like Halloween or any of the other Halloween films? Because it seems like uh, not too much. Me? No, I, I okay. like the Halloween. I like Jamie Lee Curtis. I think the Michael Myers setup is... He's got a, he's got a creepy... A creepy face. And I think, like, another <laughs> thing that Halloween really, I kind of saw is just, like, this this villain that just, just walks steadfastly, like, an, an, un, an, an immovable object making his way towards. He doesn't even have to run to chase after you. He's just slow and steady and will just constantly pursue, which is a, which is another kind of, you know, horrifying kind of element that Halloween really kind of uh, solidified. Like like Manny said earlier, the thing about this film that's really interesting is it's just one kind of crazy guy in the attic. Like he's in the house the entire time. So every time they're in like their safe space at home, that's when that's when like they're most in danger and they don't they don't even know it. And you're just waiting for that moment when they're when they're gonna get they're going to realize like when they're tracing the call and they're going to be like, oh, the calls are coming from inside the house. And like, <laughs> this is such a classic trope. No, oh, yeah. yeah it's, and it works here uh, a lot very well too. Cause it's yeah. like, it's old school. They were literally walking around trying to get the fucking phone call on the phone lines. And I was like, what the fuck yeah. is this shit? I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot. So they don't weird. have cell phones. <laughs> it's exactly. weird. Yeah. It was like, it's a, it was a, the way it weaved through was really nice. It was really cool to to watch. Um, I liked the tension that it brought. Um, but what did you guys think about? Because uh, another classic trope of horror movies is classic. when you scream at the screen, being like, "Why are you so stupid? Get out of there! Oh, Don't God. go towards the noise." The moment at the end, yeah, when yeah, when the cop lets. Let's the the main girl know uh, Olivia Hussey's character know the killer's inside the house. You need to leave, but she doesn't know the fate of her friends who are dead upstairs. But she doesn't know that, and she decides instead of leaving the house to go upstairs and check on them. And essentially, the movie would be over if she had just if she had just left the house. They she could have waited outside. The cops would have showed up. They probably would have caught the guy. But instead, she decided to go upstairs. Um, I don't know. How did you guys feel about about that classic moment of kind of horror, horror character stupidity? And would you have done the same thing to save a loved one who was upstairs, conditions unknown? Hmm. I mean, this is just a sorority, so like you're never going to so see these people let's again. Say, let's say this is your house or whatever, okay. your home, and. Yeah, the dude's your, hiding out in my garage. Your loved one's best friend's girlfriend and or like, yeah, let's, let's say you have a similar home situation. Yeah, they could be in your garage, attic, or basement. Okay. You have a two-story kind of deal. Oh, Upstairs fuck no. Upstairs no, is either no, your, no, no. like, your girlfriend, <laughs> family members, something. Would you go upstairs to check on them? I would give them a call with my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have that it's technology. It's the 70s. It's the 70s, Keanu. You don't. You can't. They don't have a phone. 
Oh man, honestly, if I were in the same same exact situation as her, I would probably shit my pants and leave because like I can't. Uh, this the house is compromised. I've been living with this dude for like how long? I'm not sticking around. I say fuck that. Uh, okay. Not a very good movie, but at least I live, presumably. You're the final. But like, girl, of yeah. course, of course, of course, you would do that in that situation. Um, yeah. But it, it um it really depends on who is in that house for me. There's Katie's upstairs. <laughs> yeah. If it's Katie, then yeah, I have to run in. But like I don't know if it's like our one friend who like doesn't come around so often. Like yeah, I'm not going up there for them. <laughs> depends on the relationship status. It does. And I would not have gone up there for a sorority sister. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, a sorority? Come on, man. Nah. Dude, you're not ever going to see these people again. Like, <laughs> they're okay, sisters. Like, no, this they're just sorority least. sisters. That's, that's whatever, you know? Like, if this was, like, in my anime club, I think maybe I would care if I had an anime club, but, like, not really. <laughs> You go sorry. up for your anime club members? Yeah, I mean, we, we all watch okay. Death Note together. That means all that right. we're cool. <laughs> this movie is cool. However, I feel like it's missing, like, an X factor. Maybe that's because I'm unversed in slasher films, but I, I, I'm, again, I think I'm just poisoned by whatever the fuck I've watched in the past 20 years of my life because slasher films have come... A different have gone a different way since the first slasher film, right? Because in, in this film, there you never really see the killer. It's all in it's all in the voice. It's all in those phone calls. But it's definitely missing like an iconic face or weapon or something like that. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface Chainsaw, Halloween, the white pasty face with the crazy hair, just like the stocky. <laughs> bulldozing moving forward kind of kind of way he walks that face is william shatner right yeah i think it was like a stretched out william uh william shatner mask or something what the Uh, fuck black christmas doesn't have that it just has the voice do you think that helps it or hurts it because this is a lot more of a subtle film in 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 a lot of ways it hurts commercialization, right? But like, you don't need a. Sl- I mean, you don't need a slasher film to like necessarily make a a mascot. I kind of feel sometimes that's like antithetical to like a horror situation. You want to be a nerd by whatever you're looking at. Like, you don't want to spoil malignant. You know, you want you want that to be the mystery. But it seems like with older horror mil- movies, it kind of got this franchise look about it, and that kind of. It kind of softened them a lot, especially like if you look at like Freddy, like for yeah, like people say like, oh, like Freddy's not threatening anymore. He's just a guy. Um, so I think it works better for the, this film to like not have a serious face attached to it and just kind of leave it to up to the imagination because that's kind of more scarier, right? Um, right. That was definitely their intention. They didn't want because Billy's intentions, his reasons. We don't even know his real name. We just call him Billy because. He sometimes kind of refers to himself that in third person. Yeah. Um, but we never know why he's doing it, who he is, what he even looks like. We just get that one shot of like his wide eye through the crack in the in the door, which is a shot I really, really liked. Oh yeah. yeah. Um which it was it was their intent. They wanted it to be mysterious. They think the the creator said, and most people would agree, is that 
if you don't know the true intentions of someone, that makes it scarier. Do you guys think Billy is like mentally ill or coded as mentally ill? It's a common trope in horror movies, right? It's people trying to explain why people are the way they are. Well, most serial killers do have a mental illness. They're psychopaths. You know, it, mental illness is almost, a, you know, usually nonviolent. When it gets portrayed in movies, people then fear any kind of mental illness because in movies it's usually portrayed violently. And is that a problem? And is it our responsibility as filmmakers to... And consumers. To, to not, and yeah, and consumers to not uh, let that get a pass or not let that kind of happen. I think that one, the fact that he doesn't have a face means that it's up to each of us to interpret it as we uh, interpret the character as we will. And I think that, you know, we have to look at our own biases that have been influenced by other cultural sources after this film and before this film to really look at why we would consider, you know, a person who is probably mentally ill to look any different from someone who isn't. I don't know. I kind of just pictured him looking like a boring white guy because, I mean, let's face it, most of most serial killers are boring white guys. Yes. You should you should fear white men. Ted yeah, Bunny's just hot, You though. should fear, mm-hmm. like, the standard not bad, not good-looking white guy. That guy's scary. Yeah. yeah. Just a- your average white male. <laughs> Fucking as seven as can be, just the most average guy, fear him. Did you say seven? Like, fucking Kevin Spacey or something? No, yeah, you should fear like the Kevin fucking... Spacey. <laughs> you should fear Kevin Spacey a little bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Specifically you, Keanu. Just me, only me. No one else in this podcast should fear Kevin Spacey. Hey, it's your grandpa here with a quick reminder that we've got social media and maybe you should follow them. It's a convenient way to hurl insults at us and make us feel bad. So check us out at the I'm Sorry Grandpa podcast on Instagram and I'm Sorry Grandpa on Twitter. Follow us. You can treat us like your actual grandpa and ignore us in real time. Welcome back to I'm Sorry Grandpa. I'm sorry, uh, I'm Sorry Gamepa. It's, uh, it's our favorite section of I'm Sorry Ga- Game. Nope. What, what's the what's the podcast called and what's the game called? It's our favorite part of the I'm Sorry Grandpa podcast. It's I'm Sorry Gamepa. Wow. Yeah, that. <laughs> Urban legends are a staple of storytelling pastime and are used to create unique tales that prevail throughout history. Black Christmas itself is based on one such urban legend, the babysitter and the man upstairs. In this legend, a babysitter is repeatedly called by a stranger who keeps asking her to check on the children. Frightened, the babysitter calls the police who trace the next call. After the stranger calls again, the police advise her to evacuate the home immediately. When she does, 
The police inform her that the call was coming from inside the house, and that the stranger was calling her after killing the children upstairs. So today for I'm Sorry Game Pop, my two co-hosts will be sharing their own urban legends with us. So this story takes place in a small rural town. On a particularly dry winter night, he's a couple of ne'er-do-well kids were just hanging around the decommissioned railroad tracks, drinking, smoking, laughing, as kids are ought to do. Yeah. Yeah. A few leaves rustle, startle a group. The youngest in the group starts to cough a little bit just because they're so shocked. But things simmer down. Just a possum or a raccoon. Some sort of nocturnal small beast. And they just proceed to continue the night. Continue with the night, I apologize. Um, eventually, the group disperses. They go their separate ways. But something unusual. No one hears from the youngest member of the group for a couple of days. A couple more days pass. People get really worried. They decide to go check in on their friend. They find his house in a disheveled state. And they make their way to the bathroom, where they find the corpse of their young friend. Nothing particularly abnormal, except for a fleshy pocket of infected mess where his throat would be. It appears the cough never ended. It persisted till his death. A lonely, cold death on a bathroom floor. That's how I want to go out. <laughs> that was a good story, man. That was kind of creepy. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, what was the... I call it Edgar Allan Poe. I see, yes. What it... Ooh, Edgar Allan Woe is me. Is he a goth? Did the kid who died, was he a goth? They were all goths. Oh they were all my goths in our hearts. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the true horror, Keanu. <laughs> Don't wear black makeup and don't listen to my chemical romance or end up like these kids. If you want to be a nonconformist, then you need to dress like us and listen to all the same music we do. Is it my turn to tell my urban yeah. story? Oh, shit. Sorry, my, my <laughs> foot's fell asleep. Maybe that's what my story's about. Um, oh, shit. All right. Oh, shit. Is that it? No, it's not. <laughs> you wake up and your foot is tingling and it never stops tingling. The end. Um... <laughs> no, mine um mine is just like uh so you know how sometimes when you like just to go about your day and like you get like a weird dot on your eyes sometimes? Um No? No? You got yeah, you mean like the little, little like the little worm? Yeah, a little yeah. squiggly. Yeah. What? Um they say that Oh. Yeah. Uh, they say that you uh, should never sleep with that on you, because when you wake up in the morning, it'll be gone, and it'll travel somewhere else. Sometimes, someplace you don't want it to be, like in your brain, your head, or your eyes. Sometimes you can actually see the sign of it on your face if you look in the mirror, squiggling around in your body. Yeah, that's mine. Urban legend of the squiggly eye. The legend of the squiggly eye coming to goosebumps near you. Is that squiggly eye thing not just a sign that you're not getting enough oxygen to your brain? It is, yeah. That's actually more terrifying, actually. But, uh, I mean, like, I don't know. I've always thought about that as a kid. Because, like, I've always, like, I hate things going in my eye. 
Like, I hate that sensation so much. And I always try to rub it out or whatever, make sure it doesn't stick. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing your urban urban tales. I guess we have to watch out for coughs and squiggly eyes. I know. I've had both of those today. <laughs> yeah, that, those are those are things that can happen to anyone. They can happen to you. <gasps> You'll be next. Merry Christmas. <laughs> but now it's time for our month theme discussion. So the month is Triple Xmas. Films that make the naughty list. And I think our theme is, would you want to celebrate the holidays in the universe presented in, in the film that we just watched? Um, so would you guys want to celebrate Christmas in Black Christmas? Or whatever holiday? <laughs> it's Hanukkah. That's why they all got murdered. <laughs> the biggest of fuck knows. Yeah. <laughs> I am not trying to It die. is a horror film after all. I feel like. You know, you don't want to be in this one. Although, to be fair, this is just the equivalent of, like, our real life, right? This is a very grounded horror film. So it's just going to be the same as if were you were in our life, except you're in the 70s. Yeah, would you want to celebrate Christmas in the 70s? Nope. Yeah, forget about, like, the... Because, I mean, I guess you don't have to worry about the serial killer in the sorority house. But, I mean, there was the 13-year-old girl that went missing and, and died. Like, this holiday season was just rife with stress and sadness for a lot of people. It doesn't seem like uh, the uh, the landscape you want to you wanna invite yourself into. To be fair, the holidays are always full of strife and sadness. This is just a very unique and unusually cruel version of that, I would say. By the way, was that girl, the little girl who died, was she one of uh, Billy's victims, or was she just like a random person? I mean, that seems to be the implication. I guess it could have been random, but then what? what's the point of including it? It could have been something random that inspired Billy to act on some urges that he had had. But no, most likely he did kill her. It just seems kind of random. But I, I guess mm-hmm. give it. I'll give it up to them. Say that was like a it, it part of it. It was a bit random. It was yeah. odd. It felt a bit random in the in the yeah. movie as well. Like they didn't need the daughter, the thirteen year old girl, to be in it at all. No, yeah. Um, like they didn't need the kid to be there to to start the search party or anything. I think they just wanted there to be like an outside person to be murdered, maybe to to make it feel like they should worry about leaving the sorority house because the murderer is outside when really it was inside. That's the only reason I can think to like add to the the fear of going outside when the true fear is inside. I'm thinking about it now or now, I guess before we get to the closing thoughts or this is closing thoughts. Why didn't they like the police officers just really search hard in the sorority place? Like they would have a warrant by now if like someone went missing. So like why didn't they just do that? I know it's a movie, so they gotta have like dramatic tension or whatever, but it just seems like they're they're playing up their incompetence in order to you know showcase the horror boldness, but like yeah, they never went to the attic. Yeah, and where him and they never found the two bodies in the attic. Just never, never found. That's so weird. Like this isn't even like I mean they were hidden. It's not that weird, man. People are living there. You would assume that people living there would notice something odd going on in the house. Yeah, they didn't state it, so there was no reason to check the house. 
No, you know the part that pissed me off what? or that like out of everything I was like this makes no sense to me so maybe maybe you guys will disagree and and explain it in a way that makes sense but the the boyfriend of the main girl who is kind of a red herring for the movie he's kind yeah. of got some anger issues and problems and <laughs> is implied that he could be the killer um at the end when she's so certain that it's him and like she's hiding in the basement right all the doors are locked. Yeah. This guy like comes, I guess, to maybe like apologize or whatever after they had the fight, the boyfriend. And like, sure, he can't get into the house because it's locked. But what the fuck is he doing then? Just like ducking down to the basement windows being like, what's her name? Claire? Claire, are you there? Claire, are you there? And like no response, doesn't answer him, doesn't see her. And so he just smashes a window in to come inside and it's like, Claire, are you here in the basement that I just broke into? Claire? Like, of course she's going to think you're the murderer now. That made, who's, who's normal response to a locked door not answering the phone would be to then break into the basement and just like be continuously calling out. And then when he says, it's not like he's worried that, like, she's been murdered or something, because he's pretty, like, chilling whatever about it. When he finds her, he's like, oh, Claire, there you are. Why were you hiding from me? <laughs> it was just, it was like, well, why did you just break into the basement? Is that, like, why didn't he climb up to, like, her bedroom window first or something? Or, like, why is he, why is he going into the basement, first of all? This basement is clearly never used. It's <laughs> cluttered cobweb <laughs> like no one goes down there it's not like he's thinking oh yeah the hot spot where my girlfriend hangs out sometimes the basement the creepy old basement that no one ever enters that's got to be where she is let me break down the basement window and come into the basement let me not break through one of the like living room windows if i really want to get inside why is he even breaking and entering in the first place you can just see her tomorrow Jesus Sorry, Morgan. that part the made no sense. Morgan yes. classic. No, it's fuck? a weird one, honestly. That's very yeah, fucking no, weird. I agree with you. <laughs> it was just to be like, oh, he's definitely the murderer because what normal person would do this so that she can be justified in killing him? He's like a lot of weird shit during the during the movie. I think he had a yeah, lot of was, problems. Why was a real? He was not a not. Yeah, he was. Did he destroy his piano? Issues. What the fuck? Yeah. It's like, I hate being a piano. I don't want to be up behind six people in the same place. That's the dumbest reason to not want to be in your fucking, like, job or whatever. You're, you're, you're studying roles. That's so stupid. And, like... Yeah, some major issues to work out. Something's wrong with yeah. this kid. I mean, if it, if yeah. it weren't... If, if Billy hadn't killed her, maybe uh, he would have killed her at some point. Because, like, that dude is on his way. Like, straight up. <laughs> he was an average white male. Exactly. Telling you. Never trust yeah. them. So, just real quickly, ratings. I start with the rating, and I give it an aggressive 7 out of 10. An aggressive 7 okay. out of 10. Yeah, why yes. aggressive? No reason. Keanu, shut up. <laughs> I'm going to give this film a 6.9 out of 10. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um,. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd show my parents this film. They probably watched this film. That, that's about what I'd give to it. But I don't think this film is for me, it seems. I'll go ahead and, and give it one aggressively sexual moaning phone call out of a series of creepy uh, 
non-sexual, just mentally unstable phone calls. <sighs> and overall thoughts, uh, classic, uh, classic slasher horror movie. I think it's 1970s, so I think it shows its age in that regard, but it's by no means um, a bad watch. Uh, I think overall, like, in terms of things to say, I think we all kind of enjoyed it in an average amount. Like, it doesn't have a whole lot of meat to really grab on to either argue or, or talk about, especially after a lot of the almost philosophical discussions we've had in, in a, lot of the, yeah. a lot of the recent uh, podcasts. But it also doesn't have a whole lot to critique either. It's just, I think, a, a standard uh, slasher film of the of the genre. Mm. It's a it's good for a watch if you're into that kind of thing or are curious about entering that kind of genre for the first time, dipping your toes in. Yeah, I think maybe we just weren't fit, we're, we're like up for the the slasher film at the moment. But good film, good film. And so that's Black Christmas. So I think that brings us to. A whole new month. Yeah. Oh my god, guys. A whole new month. Yeah, man. It's fucking 2022. A whole new year, bitch. Yeah, man. A whole new year. Fuck. Let's get it, baby. Second year of the pandemic. Let's fucking go. Um, No. We did it. No. That makes me sad now. I made myself sad. Um, pandemic more like plandemic. <laughs> no, um, man, I fucking miss the sun and the rays, dog. I, I, uh, I want to nosh some goddamn waves. So, um, oh shit, all right, we're gonna do movie set in the summer. You know, summer camp, summer vacation, <laughs> beach movies. I'll take a okay. beach movie. I'll take a vacation movie, but like not like a winter vacation. You know, I want like you can do like a fall vacation. You can do a summer vacation or spring vacation, like a spring break or some shit. But it has to be on the waves, bro. It's got to have beaches. It's got to have pools. And how much beaches? Like if it has one scene, does that count? Mm, I would like it to be like fully like uh, surfer mode. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, possible, yeah, but you know what? You, if you want to do like schools out, Bro. like recess or some shit, that's fine. It just has to be like really revolving around the summertime. Yeah, I want it to be hot and I want it to be fun, or maybe not even fun, just like you know, beach related. And for like summer vacation, it's got to be a fun vacation. Ah, uh, so this is the beach episode. In the yes, anime. we're doing this is our beach episode in January. I wanted to redeem myself. The last summer movie I picked was Blue Lagoon. So, like, I need to, like, <laughs> that's actually the reason why I was like, I chose Blue Lagoon, like, in February, like, in winter months. To be fair, it was your mom. Yeah. But it's a, the only, like, beach movie we've watched so far. And I, I love the beach. I love pools and shit. So, I'm picking a, hopefully, this is good. This is like a drama. It's called Whale Rider. Like, think Free Willy, but, like, with brown people. That that's what I'm hoping this is gonna be, and I'm interested because I this is the first time we've gone like uh that kind of like cultural aspect, so I'm down to watch it. And that's why I picked it. All right, nice. Whale rider. Um Whale Rider. Sounds good. Oh, I guess you'll Whale. catch us in you'll catch us and the waves in January with oh, set in summer. Summer in January. That's that's the name. Whale, Wait, what, I'm sorry. What'd you name it, Morgan? It's summer in. I said set in summer, but summer in January. No, set in summer is sicker. I'm doing that. 
I'm sorry, Grandpa. I'm sorry, Grandpa. I'm sorry, Grandpa. Set in summer. That's such a good name. I'm so mad I didn't think of that. Could I have been construed as a den mother when yes. I used to drink? Yes. I guess yes. so. Definitely. Did I did I did I breastfeed you like a baby chicky or like That is not what den mothers do. Okay. I don't think you understand what that I don't. That's why I'm confused. <laughs> but you did breastfeed me, that is true. <laughs> That's not what makes you a den mother, Ken. No. No, that was just a sex thing. That just makes you here. thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> 